Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robert Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. Don't forget, if you want to buy yourself a tri-booth, there is a special code which will give you a $200 discount. The code is PAP200. That's Papa Alpha Papa 200. Phonetic alphabet always comes in handy, especially when you have an accent. Um, Now, this week we're going to talk about a microphone that just popped out of nowhere from Universal Audio, which does look very similar to... A very famous microphone. It is. Uh, no, no, no. The- it is. Not, it does not look <laughs> like that. Is that is a spray painted yes. white SM7. I mean, because I'm I'm looking at a picture of it with the foamy grill off. It is every bit an SM7. I want to see the. Ah, hold on. I'm going to get my SM7. Well, they partnered with Townsend, aka bought them. You know, oh, Townsend really? Labs. Townsend Labs. No. Universal Audio. No, Universal Audio bought Townsend Labs, so okay, that's, that's their that's own mic now. More, yeah, that's a little bit more. Uh, and so when you go on their website, you know, it's NAM time, right? This is when all the new gear is usually released. Yep. So we're seeing all this new gear being dropped by these, you know, companies. They were able to relax their release schedule a little bit because, well, you know, NAM didn't happen yet. It's in June. <laughs> yep. um, but, you know, here we go, new stuff. And Universal Audio is dropping a bomb and saying, Oh, by the way, we have microphones. And interestingly, a lot of them say the word Bach. Yeah, Bach audio. <laughs> sure, sure. So are we saying that they bought Bach also? Because it seems that way. Now, wow. what's funny is when you look at the mics on the front, on the top of the homepage, they don't have the model names of the mics. It's just a picture of all the lineup without the model numbers. So yep. there's a... A pair of small diaphragm, their SM57 knockoff, the Townsend, and then a few mics that look a hell of a lot like Bach audio. They mics. do. Then you scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Yeah. Which which Bach, by and the way, is the same as uh, Sound Deluxe. Right. Then when you get far enough down, you eventually see UA Bach series microphones coming oh, in fall 2022. Wow. So they yep. are drop. They just drop that. So... Interestingly, I don't know a ton about Bach. I do know it's a California designer. And I also know that there was a bad situation with Bach Audio last year, or was it two years ago? Yeah. Like a bad situation where your mic is bad and you don't you can't get it fixed. <laughs> like that well, kind well, of thing. Bach, Bach was the guy, wasn't he with Sound Deluxe? Yes. Wasn't he Sound Deluxe my, and then my, went off on his own? My favorite mic that I have is my Sound Deluxe U ninety nine. It's mm-hmm. it's basically yeah. a Neumann U sixty seven and so now there's a Bach 167, a Bach 251, which is one of their mm-hmm. great mics. Yep. And yeah. a Bach 187. Funny names, mm-hmm. right? 87. Uh, mm-hmm. 67, 87, you get the idea. Yeah. Um, and they're coming to Universal Audio's lineup. So they're becoming a bigger company with more product lines, Townsend Labs, and now Bach microphones. And whatever that dynamic mic is that we're all quite curious about. You know, it's got... 
it even has a switch on the back, it just is, like okay. the SM57. I, 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 I've looked at this very closely because <laughs> I'm holding an SM7B in my hand, and then I was looking at the picture. So it has the same two switches, except they're made smaller, yeah. and yeah. and they're um, they're made smaller, and and then the XLR is not on the post of the microphone, but it's in the back of the yeah. mic. But besides yeah, that, when you look at the construction of the grill, I mean, it's the same. Some patents must have expired, or they found a loophole in the patent, one or the other. It, but, because I'm yeah. not finding any credit that they're giving. No. But no, it no, no. looks, I mean, like, this is the kind of thing that, like, you know, you expect Behringer to do to Mackie. It um, is. So now it's happening on the higher level of production, you know, higher-end brands. Not just Behringer's side of things. I mean, because the difference with the SM7B, apart from the fact the XLR plugs into the bottom, um, you also have a panel you can remove from the back of the SM7 and SM7B to adjust, you know, different whatever. Yeah, they hide hide it. You know, they hide it back there. Um, But now it's it's just exposed, and you just have to use a, a you know pen or a pick tool to. Reach in there and flick those little switches. Right, and then, I mean, if it has a higher output than the SM7, that would be nice. Yeah, because the SM7 is notoriously low output. I mean, what do they buy a bunch of SM7s, gut them, and like you know, do the old thing where you redo the like redo the guts? It would seem like they reverse engineered them and just made their own version, avoiding any kind of patent, you know, infringement. Wow, that's interesting. So Universal Audio just going bunter at the moment. They're just they really are. Yeah. yeah, they're leveraging the the massive domination of the business in the sales. They've essentially, as far as I would can, as far as I can surmise, they're leveraging the revenue they've made on licensing plugins. Because everybody knows you don't make a lot of money on hardware. Generally, um, yeah. you know, it's software you make a lot of money on, and those you licenses. Do? <laughs> If you, yeah. if you know how to We're run a shocked. business, We're yeah. shocked, George. <laughs> <laughs> and and these guys, you know, are killing it on software licenses. I don't know what the deal is they have with all the licensees, but it, let's say they split it 50-50, you know? Um, imagine the number of licenses of the Avalon and the, the Neve plugins and, and everything else that they've made money on. It's got to be astronomical. Profit. Well, they've yeah, with that expanding, now they've got Townsend Labs, and now they're the Townsend Labs. Yeah, more plugins. And the uh, the the UA mic has a preamp that works or a preset that works only if you use it with or somehow you it this SM7B SD1 can't tell what it is mic. It works with the Universal Audio with a preset on some plugins. Oh, so they have a plugin preset that's made to listen to that particular mic. I, I can't tell. I, I don't know how it works because the only output of that mic is XLR, but somehow yeah, I, what I can read done some is they more. Just, yeah, they just made uh, analog presets. I see it right here. So they made a bunch of analog presets. They're probably EQ curves that make this mic match nicely with basically all the instruments. <laughs> Bass, cello, guitar, kick, lead vocals, Nylon string guitar, organ, piano, podcast, snare, spoken word, steel string guitar, etc. So, um, yeah, they're just another level of trying to make it make their their equipment more friendly to non engineers. 
Wow. Is what it seems like to me. Which isn't a bad thing, really. Um, you know. But the, I wish they would make a non-engineer console that worked like the way non-engineers think. Um, I think that's really the next frontier for them is the console is just, it's still, it's still really frustrating and hard to understand for many. And especially the way their, their loopback kind of, which isn't really a loopback. The way all that stuff works is not intuitive at all. And it doesn't work consistently between applications so I think that's the next frontier. I mean, is to just re- rethink the fixing console. their driver. You mean so it doesn't yeah, crash? Rethinking Zoom? the console because yeah. Personas, the Eureka, the, the Eureka, the Revelator. I have. It's not the greatest piece of hardware. It doesn't have the quietest, best preamps. Nobody's going to ever say it sounds as good as an Apollo. But the drivers are brilliant. So it's a trade-off. I've, I even had a client buy a Revelator on my recommendation who had a Solo. And the first revelator he received, he was shocked and appalled at how bad it sounded. I thought maybe it was slightly exaggerated until I heard it, and it, would, it did sound really terrible <laughs> compared yeah. to the Apollo. It was not subtle. Let's put it that way. It was not subtle. And I said, this sounds defective. Nobody's ever complained that I sound lousy on my revelator. So get another one. And he did. And the other one sounds a lot better. So they're probably having a little issue with consistency and that's, you know, $200 interface with a full-blown mixing console, DSP on board. They're going to have to cut costs somewhere. Yeah, sure. You know, so. But uh, Apollo should not be cutting costs. They're, they're, they're supposed to be a cut above the likes of the personases of the world. So, um, anyway, let's just see what they do next. But this is uh, mm. it's interesting. I, it was a sh- I had no idea that they were launching this stuff. This was a surprise. Yeah. I just saw it pop up the other, just a couple of days ago and thought, oh, hello, that looks kind of familiar, except white. Yeah. So there you go, Universal Audio in the mic biz. Interesting. I'm, I'm trying yeah, to find really out what this biz. preset stuff is about, and I, I can't read fast enough because I kind of pa- I failed that class yeah, in school. I, there there is no smarts between the this new mic and the Apollo, right? This is, a, this is an analog mic through and through. So um, it's not a Townsend Labs mic. Um, Townsend Labs is is and, well. And, the Townsend Labs is also straight. just a mic. It's also it just, is just yeah. a mic, right? Yeah. So, so they're just taking the Townsend Labs idea of taking whatever the capsule sends into the software and just extending it to this new dynamic mic. But they're not saying that you're going to turn your dynamic mic into some other dynamic mic. You know, there's not a list of famous dynamic mics. You know, there's not an RE20 or whatever, you know, <laughs> you, it's, it, that's did, in that list. Did, did you pull up a, a um, we're, like, I'm, I'm not even finding what, what, what you found, like a screenshot of the software or whatever they're... Well, I saw to... the list of presets that they had, and I just saw that they weren't named like... They're not named after mics, they're named after instruments. So there's the SD1 bass cabinet, SD1 cello, SD1 electric guitar cabinet. Being yeah. a dynamic mic, I don't think it's going to be the the main choice for voiceover. Maybe radio, maybe podcasting, but for VO work. No, people still end up buying them because somebody at Sweetwater tells them to buy one, but it is still not the right mic for voiceover. It just is not. I mean, yeah, if it sure. happens to sound good on you, then good on you, you know, but... I almost never will pick an SM7 over a car can, uh, condenser 
mic for a voice voiceover track. It just if you had only an SM7 and you worked in a vacuum, you'd say it sounds fine. Then you'd put up a three hundred dollar condenser mic like an NT1. That's how better. You'd go, oh, that's what it should sound like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like we we did a bunch of tests of the SM7 at the uh, SAG Lab, the Don LaFontaine Voiceover Lab, years ago. We did a big mic shootout, and that was one of the mics that was tested, the SM7. And you know, in that controlled environment with those monitors in that room. A lot of people thought the SM7 was the best sounding oh, mic. Oh, hold voice. on, hold on. It is so. not a shore ripoff, George. You need to look up the T-Bone. What the hell is this? The T-Bone C. This the case gets thicker. Look up T-Bone BC500. And now, oh, so they so they're OEMing somebody else's mic. Well, I think they're trying to sell an eighty-four dollar mic for uh, three hundred dollars. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> It's called the I, T-Bone what? Well, it's not totally the same, but the back of it and the switches, it's like the T-Bone, it's like a cross between the T-Bone BC500, if you look at it from the back, but then from the front, it's an awful lot like a like uh, an SM7B. I mean, the plot Tom thickens. Tom yeah. uh, who, who music? Tomon. It's a European, I think they're in Europe. Yeah, they're, they're in Germany. They're, they're like the guitar center of Germany. Yeah. So this is the guitar center of Germany's house brand microphone. You know, like tube, yeah. What is it? Groove tubes and what's another one of those brands? Sterling, you know, the Sterling microphones of Guitar Center? Yeah. This is the Sterling microphones of Taman. Oh, interesting. Yeah, oh cheap yeah. Is, this is cheap, cheap, this cheap. is the same damn thing. They they, they I mean the I, I, I think UA worked with, with Toman, not with Shure. No, they definitely they definitely didn't work with Sure. I, I seriously yeah. doubt they worked with Sure. They just knew that that was the mic in front of the world's most famous podcasters, right. and they want a piece of that, you know. But find a picture of the. But it's eighty four um, bucks. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's like, in stock in twelve to fifteen weeks, so it's not. It's not. You can't buy one today. So, so but, look at uh, the grill of the. I'm probably the Toman, but definitely the SD one, and then the grill of the uh, SM7B. It looks like the same guy welded them, like the same guy. Um, yeah. Which is funny because you know how like Neumann went like went around suing everybody over the grill of the U87. Right, right. I but, remember talking to a guy from yeah. Peluso saying we cannot, because my I'm, I'm talking to a Peluso P67 right now. Oh, and nice. I'm, back, I'm talking about a the Telefunken tube, but not old tube, like new. Okay, Telefunken the new ones. And, yeah, um, yeah the it's, SM7 it's supposedly built in America, but who knows? Okay, um, <laughs> the SM7. I mean, the, the Palooza B67, it doesn't look like a U67 because they no. could not. And it does not, not have an EF86 chip either, or EF86 right. tube. But the head basket is completely different because they could not make it look like a 67 head basket, right? Right. But it's still a kick-ass mic. protects that. Yeah, this P67 is, is taking the place of, of David K. I'm in David K's studio. It's taking the place of his U67, his real U67, which is worth like, what, eight to $10,000? More than sure. that. Um, More than that. But we put it back in the suitcase because maintenance. It was just, it was finicky. I was like, you know what? Do you want me to keep running mics back and forth to your, your te- our tech guy in, in Burbank? Or just kind of, you know, 
make it easier on yourself and just get a modern mic. And that's the route we ended up going. He's been fine. He's been really fine with it. It's very similar. It's quite interesting that um, the um, U67, because it's like a combination of well, the, the uh, Microtech Cafel, the M92.1 or UM57, has the same tube, but it has the different capsule because the right the that's the that's like an M7 has the M7 yeah it's an yeah, M7 with the an F87 doesn't that's, right yeah because um, my Gefell's got the M7 capsule and the EF86 but not the Mylar tube. M7 capsule it's the well it's made in the same. No, there's the a big thing like, the originals. like like so, so so with the M7 capsules there's some that were with Mylar I believe and some that were not and the the Mylar ones would run out but ooh they sound so good and uh but they would they would eventually wear out or disintegrate or something would happen with them but those original U47 capsules with the Mylar were I think super sought after There's something about the Mylar with the M7 capsules. Yeah. But it's not a good material mm, to use cuz it wears out and like evaporates or probably goes up your nose and gives you cancer or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it's worth it because you sound good. That's right. <laughs> yeah. My cancer yeah. sounds wonderful. Yes. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> I, I'm still waiting for the lawsuits to start from all the people in voiceover booths who claim to have caught cancer from the materials in their products. It'll be the, uh, the companies meso, are taking this very seriously. What's it called? Meso Mesothelioma. Themiola. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's a, it's a real concern. I mean, Studio Bricks starting this. I mean, starting now, if you get a booth from Studio Bricks that you ordered this year, they have removed all the VOCs from their products. Like they are using all different materials. And now. and and just just to remind everybody, what does VOC stand for? Oh, volatile organic compounds. So you know they're they're really really wanting to make sure that their product cannot be pointed to as a source of a carcinogen and and they care <laughs> too um you know it's not like they're not making like i just talked to them i had a meeting with guillermo and miguel from them last week they're not making a eco version it's just they That's are they going do. completely to eco like they, yeah. they they're not going to make any of the prior ones anymore it's all new material so does it change the cost i well everything oh, come on robert yeah. everything's gotten more expensive yeah. Except Source Jump. Connect, not not studio, yeah, not right. studio rates. Well, they should be. Yeah, every yeah. damn thing is more expensive. True, everything is more expensive. Even in SSL, they just jumped from two twenty nine to two sixty nine. The SSL two, oh, yeah. the map on those is two sixty nine. I, I started looking around. I was like, wait, why did it go up on Amazon? Because that's the first place I look. And then I realized, nope, it's two sixty nine ninety nine on Sweetwater. So that's the new map going up 40 bucks mm. so i mean everything's going up in price except us we're except cheap. Us. i was just gonna say <laughs> yeah yeah i cheap. don't feel richer <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this was the show about what that was a weird episode <laughs> yeah it was it's i good, love though. our tangential meanderings yeah, um, yeah where we just drift 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 i, I was going to ask you though george um Aurelex. Do they have CD? What is it? CDCs? VOCs. Oh, VOCs. Voltage VOCs. Uh, operated. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe our Alexa's worked hard to eliminate them, and they have more than one product line, unless they've changed their product lines and added, like they may have announced that across the board, the product, you know, their products are all VOC free, 
but I don't know of a foam that exists that is free of VOCs. I don't know if you can make foam without some kind of volatile organic compounds. I, I don't know. I know they've been trying to eliminate it, but, you know, foam just has those issues. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't see, it's interesting, I don't see Oralex coming out with any PET-based panels, which is the newest, that's the new wonder material, is PET. That's the new thing. What does that hotness. stand for? PET stands for polyethylene terephthalate. Doesn't Teraph- sound good. That, sound, that sounds bad. Polyeth- it does sound bad. But so does, does. xylitol, but that stuff's good for you. Um, oh, yeah. Is a form of <laughs> broccoli sounds bad too. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Unless you unless you're on the James Bond franchise, then broccoli sounds good. So PET is is extruded or molded into plastic bottles and containers for packaging for food. So it's what your food comes in. Excellent. It's what your sodas come in cancer. is PET. And and so what they're doing is they're taking PET and just stranding it, turning it into a fiber, and then they compress it into acoustical panels. Is what they're doing now. So, um, Studio Bricks' new panels are a CNC milled version of that with like a really cool sort of a rectangular cross section. It looks like a, a it looks like a bunch of rectangles about two inches thick with spaces between. Okay. Uh, you have to go look at it. Yeah, yeah. You can look I, it up at studiobricks.com. But their new panels look really good. They, they're doing base traps. They're doing a variety of product, and it's all based on PET. And it's nice because they sent me one and has absolutely no odor. Like that's the test. If you can pick something up, shove your nose in it and take a yeah. take a big and if you don't smell really anything, then you know you're in you're you're in no VOC land. You're doing it, good. Or, or it doesn't make you feel like you're dissecting oh, yeah. a frog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you don't want to have anything with you want to try to avoid any breathing any um formaldehyde, right? That's a biggie. And yep. uh, a lot of stuff still has that. In fact, the new car smell that people have known to right. grow and love is literally yeah. the leaching out of the of that chemical from the plastic of the interior. Lovely. So enjoy yeah. your new car smell, everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's you're right. probably you're probably Could not be... gonna be smelling a new car smell for much longer because they're gonna yeah. eliminate that. It's from... your it's your last car smell. Yeah. There <laughs> probably won't be a new car smell eventually. They'll f- eventually yeah. figure out how to get rid of it. Yeah. And you have yeah. to you have to just buy the little uh you have tree to buy air perfume. freshener with yeah. <laughs> which has the smell. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at um, the M7 capsule, and it looks like the they're made of PVC. Mm. Yeah, there, there's PVC and Mylar, right? I swear to God, there's an M7 and the, with Mylar. Oh, yeah, okay. The M9 capsule uh, has Mylar, and in fact, I think one of my Gefell mics, the M930, the Art, has a Mylar capsule. I should so, actually dig it out and make sure it still works. That's you know, that's a very worth, that's, that's that's worth a lot. And but also watch out because I think your capsule will evaporate or something. But yeah. By the way, you bought the, Bach. They are not partnering with them. They purchased Bach. I had a feeling that they rescued them from death. Yeah, because it's Stephen, wasn't it Stephen Bach? Is that the guy? I think so. I mean, it's funny because it's like the same thing happened to them then because they were with Sound Deluxe, then they're not, then they're Bach on their own, and now they're bought. Because I, I had a client with a Bach that had a really bad time, you know, getting yeah. it serviced and and got a real, real runaround. It was it was a bad scene. Yeah. And it was like, I have this very expensive microphone that's that I can't use. So I, I think the company was on life support, you know, and UA was like, well, we don't want them to die. 
Yeah. I wonder what we can swoop them up for, you know, probably cheap. So they did. Good on them. I mean, you know, if it's if they re-release it and it's the same quality and made the same way and it's not just in name, you know, Telefunken's gone through a bit of a, you know, yeah, an it, evolution. The name the first. name survives, but now it's no longer in Europe. It's in Connecticut. Yeah, they it's not supposedly really? built. Supposedly built in the U.S., but mm, is it or is it just a name that? Well, we it's yeah. assembled in the U.S. Right. I, yeah. I, there's a lot of good microphones that are assembled, you know, in the U.S. No, I mean That's this is a uncommon. good mic. Actually, you know, we we yeah. we were listening to it with some other stuff, and actually, this mic oh. here. What was no, it? No, they're we not. Were, yeah, yeah. I'm being. I'm being. I'm being. I'm being unfair. I mean. They, I don't. I don't know that mic well at all. I've seen them, and I've, you know, the names kind of, kind of funny. Like, isn't there one called the AK forty seven or something? Yeah, this one is the. It's the one that's supposed to be like the forty seven, and there was two of them that they made, and it's, it's an homage yeah. to the forty seven, but right. it's yeah. brighter than that. I can tell you, despite is it? Going, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think so. It's I'm funny. Not, like, I'm not recording I'm, a lot of forty sevens, but my impression right. when I've ever encountered a forty seven, it's a it's a much darker, thicker, bigger mic. But this isn't. Like, it's a mic that people think they want to sound good. They think that they want to sound like they want to hear themselves on one because they think it's going to have to sound amazing, but it doesn't necessarily sound great. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a sixty seven over a forty seven any day, personally. Sure, yeah, but yeah, it's like the right word. mic for the right purpose and the right person. So it's not. Right. It's not absolute. It's never absolute. No. True. By the way, it might be the oh, PVC that cracks. It, it looks like maybe it's the PVC that cracks on the M7 capsules. I can't tell. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the PVC or the Mylar that cracks, but uh, I'll check it out. In fact, I might check mine and see if they're cracked. Anyway, on another note, uh, George, you have a webinar coming up tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Thanks for letting me slip this one in. So if you've been curious about Isotope RX. As the bishop said to the actress. <laughs> um, this might be your chance to get a, some insight, at least my point of view on how to use Isotope RX standard for anything voice related, uh, you know, voiceover, uh, mastering of an audiobook, et cetera. I'll, I'll go through all the tool sets that I find useful, the plugins, I, I mean, in, in, in uh, RX. And uh, and kind of give you an orientation, and we'll also go over spectral view and what that does, and which plugins make sense, which ones you should avoid, how do you know when you're overdoing it, uh, that kind of thing. So if you want to be there, uh, just go over to georgethe.tech/webinars, and that's where my all my webinars, current, present, uh, future, and past, are, and you can sign up right <laughs> there and. Join in. There should still be a couple of slots, I believe. Um, and if there isn't, let me know, and we'll slip you in there somehow. Lovely. Anyway, thanks for your time, and uh, on to the next. Lovely. Isotope. Excellent. All right, we'll, um, we'll catch you next week for another thrilling episode of the Pro Audio Suite. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Tribo. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. The Pro Audio Suite.